Welcome to episode number three of Stories of Strength. Just in case this is your first time tuning in, um, this podcast is about basically redemption. It's about sharing stories where people have overcome adversity and most importantly, learning about how to get through the adversity to be successful today. And the reason that I started this podcast is because I'm hoping somebody out there can hear something that will help them make a better decision today to have an awesome and more fulfilling life tomorrow. So today I am very, very excited to have my guest, Victor Garcia. What it be? What it do? Welcome. Thank, thank you, you for thank being you. here. Thank you for having me. Hopefully we'll get some laughs in. Victor's one of the funniest people I've ever met in my entire life. Um, he's magnetic. People just absolutely love being around him. Um, and he's kind and he's thoughtful and he's a hard worker. And he also has a really great story that um, when when you shared it with me, I was like, holy wow. And I thought, man, like, I want people to know about your story and I want people to know about your success. And um, as we get through this episode, Victor is going to tell you more about where he came from. And then um, he's going to tell you about something he'd been dreaming about. That's right. For some time. And he is going to share that, too. So, Victor, when you and I first met immediately, yes. I was like, this guy's awesome. <laughs> um we do a lot of networking together. We do. Um, and as I got to know you, I was like, okay, he's really funny, but there's like more to you. You know what I mean? Like way more to you. And um, we all had a really fun night mm -hmm. um, filming some video for a real tour. And we all kind of like became pretty good friends that day. You know, we all talked, we got to know each other. And um, then I knew like you were really, really special. So... <laughs> Um, <laughs> special ed, special ed. <laughs> well, that's an iffy one. No, I'm just kidding. Special because you don't come across um, people like Victor every day. So um, I always show gratitude. I know you're a busy person. And um, also, I know it's not always like very, very easy to share personal details about your life. Um, but hopefully because you believe in the mission of stories of strength and helping others, that is a great way for you to give back and share, you know, your journey. Um, and so I'm kind of going to hand the proverbial mic over to you <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I just want, let's start, um, kind of from, I'm going to say maybe your teenage years. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I'm originally from uh, Pasadena, California, um, you know. Did you go to a Rose Bowl? I do. <laughs> I, I was there actually a month ago. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Cali kid, uh, grew up uh, in, in, in Pasadena and just like everybody else, you know, had a tough upbringing, uh, like, in every, you know, having issues at home, mm -hmm. having uh, issues you know, in the home front, really, just, you know, from seeing, you know, abusive home and yeah. your mother getting beat up and, and stuff like that. And, yeah. and of course, you know, when, when you grow up, grew up in that type of environment, you know, you tend to 
sway very negatively. You know, yeah. you, t- you tend to. Do you think that when people grow up in this kind of environment, they tend to seek alternate forms of family? Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You know, and, and my way out was you know my friends and people that you know at the same at the same time weren't doing good things in the, in, in the in the in the neighborhood. You know, they were right. they were not uh, the best examples or best role models in my life. What uh, enticed so. you to become friends with them? Were they open to you, or did they have similar situations that you could? like identify to or what like initially attracted you because I mean and I I, you'll hear this throughout my podcast like I definitely grew up in the city of Detroit spent a lot of time of my life there I mean there are other people to hang out with but they weren't necessarily people that I identified with Mm -hmm. so was that similar for you like could you have been like hang out with nerdy kids were there nerdy kids? Yeah, oh, definitely in Pasadena. There's a bunch of nerdy kids in Pasadena. <laughs> you know, it's 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 uh, that's what I love about Pasadena. We're, we're so Thinkers. intertwined. Yeah, there's so there's a little bit of everything there. And um, but uh, yeah, I think the, the you know sometimes I think they're just a neighborhood. You know, I, I grew up, but where they grew up, yeah. uh, you know, the, the violence, the, the street gangs in California. Yeah. You know, we, we were going through at that time. I think it was the Rodney King riots. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, with Rodney King, lockdown and all yeah. kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah, we had LA riots going down there, you know. And so I think you know a little bit of, of all of that. And you know, I, I didn't really to have a a father figure. I didn't mean that until I was ten, wow. uh, you know. So it's a growing up. Sometimes you kind of tend to look for that for that connection, mm. you know. So a lot of my buddies as well, you know, didn't either have a father, didn't have a mother, or you know, just rough. Or they weren't present. They were there, but not there yep. kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 So, so because of it, you know, I, I, I ended up going to uh, the juvenile hall system very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, went through Central, downtown L.A., went to Silmar, um, ended up going through a boot camp program because of it. You know, I was, I was locked up at the age of, I believe it was 14 years old. Whoa. Yeah, so at 14. Yeah, like what was going on in your 14-year-old head when you uh, started to enter into, like, the juvenile justice system? I think I was disappointed in myself. Mm-hmm. I, I, I saw, like, I couldn't believe that I was getting, going to jail. I always thought, like, ah, as a kid, uh, whatever, it was not going to happen to me. Uh, or, yeah, that's not going to, that's not going to be me. Like, right. that, that happens to the other kids, you know, right. that happens to, and, and you think that, you 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 know, you're doing what you're doing is not going to lead for you getting arrested. And, and yeah. You Did got, you think what you were doing as bad as what it, as, it was as bad as what it was? I guess is what I mean. It's like, could your brain process like the severity of some things that you were doing, or did you know? And you were like, I'm just not going to get caught. Yes, I th- yeah. yeah, I think you know we're we're you know we're teenagers. It's like we're slick. We're smart. We're smarter than the police. We're smarter than yeah. our parents. We're smarter than than you know the detectives. Yes. Yeah, we're we're smarter than Can everybody. Outsmart everybody. Yeah, yeah. Okay. At that age, you know, I knew that sure. what I was doing was was not right. Yeah. You're like it probably wasn't the best decision, and you knew that at that age. <laughs> yeah, 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 no doubt. Uh, and and so when I went and got got went to the juvenile hall system, it, it's. You know, it, it was it was difficult, you know, because you had to to reality check. You know, you, you don't listen to your parents. You don't listen to the teachers. You don't listen to the principals or the deans. You don't listen to anybody, you know. And once you're in that situation when you're in a juvenile hall, uh, you have to listen. You know, yeah. you're, 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 you're locked up in, in, in a room for a long period of time where you kind of are able to recap, you know, yeah. and, and, and see like Jesus, like, 
And of, and of course, you know, you, you're, you're all still very young at the age of 14. Yeah. Not caring, uh, you know, still with the gang mentality. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I did about a year and a half uh, my, my first time. What was the first night like when you, do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. What, what was that night like for you, the first night that you knew you'd be Good on questions. a long vacation. Yes, great questions, Heather. Um, <laughs> um, uh, you're making me go back. Uh, yeah, it, uh, I, I, I think when 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 you're there, uh, you, you think about your family. For, mm-hmm. You know, you think about mom. You think about all the times. You know, they're they're telling you, "Don't do this. Don't do that." You're like, you I know. wish I would have listened. Yeah, yeah, and and you start missing the simple things, like you know, your bed. You know. Good, good food. I was going to say food. <laughs> you know, you good food. You can only have so many ramen noodles. Yeah. And actually in like juvenile hall, it's even worse. Like you yeah, really you, don't you even don't get, get that. that. Yeah. No, you get whatever the state provides, yeah. you know, and usually it has no salt, no, no sugar, you know, because they don't want us to be active or, all, you know, all wired up with sugar yeah. and things happening. Huh. And, and, and it's so gangly because you're there with. You know, everybody from, from East Los, you know, West Los, you're there from, you know, everybody from the SGV, from San Fernando Valley, you know, you're there from, you're from the IE, you know, and it's, and it's all, you know, the, the juvenile system. And then, and, that's, and then once you go to like the boot camp or, or that type of setting, then, you know, it, it changes, the program changes, yeah. you, you take classes. I'm um, so curious, do these gangs like that are out on the streets definitely rivals? Do you band together? Or do you continue to have the rivalry? Um, in, in the juvenile hall system, it, 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 you still have the rivalry. Yeah. yeah. You know, you still get into it with one another. Yeah. I think once you go into, like, the prison system, it it's changes. Yeah. 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 Or unless you go, once you go into the California Youth Authority system, CYA, yeah. then that, that t- tends to, to stop. Because uh, that's more like the politics of the grown-up yes. prison. Yeah. I gotcha. Just, yeah. so, okay. So, okay. Yeah, so so went, I went to juvenile hall system. Uh, like I said, a year and a half. The, the first time went to uh, a boot camp. Ended up ended up in, in Laverne, the city of Laverne. Okay. They had a. It's called Camp Page. Uh, so all you guys from the camp days that here's podcast, big shout out to you guys. Uh, so Camp mm-hmm. Page in, in Laverne, and uh, became uh, licensed or, but did a wildlife firefighting. So are you giving a shout out because they made a difference for you? Uh, yeah. Well, well, because you. You're there as 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 a team. You're there for, you know. You, you learn how to you know c- combat wildlife firefighting. Mm, yeah. You know, so it, it, I was very proud of myself because you know you're part of a Big fire. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're you're a fire team. You're part of a, a fire camp. You know, and you, and then you you would get called to these fires and you would go out there and fight fight them. You know, and I was so these there. are really fires. This is not yeah. just a training ground. Yeah, like yeah, no. you were actually yeah, we're, we're active. helping to save yeah. probably some lives too. Well, property and more, but it's mostly wildland. Mm. So it's out in, in you know in, in the SGV and Azusa, and the mountains out there. Save the environment. Yeah, save the environment. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So so was, I was I was there for for a year and a half, and then um, I got out, came out of jail, Chicago Juvenile Hall. Uh, was only out in the streets for six months. I was going to say you reformed, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you learned to be more of a criminal? Or were you just angry? Or was it just that you got out and it was like going it, back to the old it, environment? And No, I, I think it, it made me grow up quicker because, you know, you're 
held you're you're held you know you're responsible for your own activities throughout yeah. the day you know you're you're held accountable for what you do um and it's up to you to listen or not listen if you don't then then things will go south very yeah. fast um but uh, so you come home yeah i could come home you spent a good half a year at home yeah and then what happened uh, still <laughs> still being a knucklehead still still very involved with the gang life yeah. and lifestyle <clears throat> um so i'm gonna um, ask you one quick question about yeah. that did you feel as if you had a choice as to whether or not you were going to continue with that lifestyle yes so you could have chosen not to continue to be involved yes. okay yeah but but i mean at, at that age i mean in california everything's so gang related everything yeah. so it was so involved so I'm like this is like late 90s yes yeah. yeah the 90s yeah so so at that point you know i'm I came out still very, oh, thinking I'm super badass because I just went through juvenile hall. <laughs> now you were tougher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I came out thinking like I was even more, like I was street smarter. I went through the system, did a year and a half, got a couple of juvenile hall stripes on me, you know, mm. thinking different mentality, very active still. And so when yeah. I came out, I was still very involved, very hanging out with a friend and mm. obviously breaking my mother's heart. My mom, my poor thing. She, she went through so much because mm. of me. Um, yeah, so so again, I got, got involved and 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 committed another act um, yeah. of crime and got got incarcerated again. Uh, now this, this time was it in youth authority or were you now an adult? Uh, no, I was still uh, at this point. I was I was at the, I was like sixteen, going towards seventeen. Okay. Um, so I was still in the juvenile hall system, but in juvenile when you're a minor in California. And you get, and you can't send you to a prison because right. you're not charged as a prison. Right. So they have something called the CYA, which is California Youth Authority. Youth Authority, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they call it. That's like the in between. Yeah, that's like the in between, like the little gladiator school, because people end up going <laughs> through that stage. It's a for prison. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like funny we're laughing about it, but there's definitely <laughs> something wrong with that system, right? Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, they're they're closed down now, so yeah. who knows what happened there? But yeah, yeah, so you go through there, and usually you're there till up until the age of twenty five. So, oh yeah, so some people they get like juvenile life, like some people get life sentences, but they're they're so young they get juvenile life, which means they only stay up until the age of twenty five. Mm. So so yeah, so they they're so juvenile life. You're done at twenty five, and you're 25. back out into society. You're back into society. Oh wow. Okay, yeah. so that's different than twenty five years yeah. to life. Or and, and then, but but some people because they go through <gasps> the system, they'll they'll transfer to the prison system at the age of eighteen because maybe they're continuing that pattern in the California Youth Authority system because once you're there the politics happen the politics you know mass psychology yes I, I understand yeah so 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 you go through that stage um, you know and, and through California Youth Authority it was, it was a different ballpark you know they, they gave me uh, they, they gave me it was eight years the second time did you have to serve all eight years or I think in California don't they do like half time or two quarter I did time? six yeah. I, did, I did six years. I still, I still had two more years left. So, at this point, so God, that's intense. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so from fourteen, then I was only out I did a year and a half, out for six months, and then went back to to jail. And then out of the eight years they gave me, that second time I did six. Wow. And 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 keep in mind during this time, like, I did not know how to read. I did not was not educated at all my, my first language was spanish 
What year of school did you complete at that time? When I went to jail? Or yeah, like, a, like what out? grade had you completed? I, well, I was, I was in ninth grade. I was a tenth grader. So you got all the way to tenth grade. Without reading. With really not knowing how to read. Exactly. exactly. How does that even happen? The California, the California educational system. Yeah. That's in, did, were there other people you know that were in the same boat? A lot of us. A lot of, a lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of kids. And I would say how eighty five percent of of the people, the kids in juvenile hall when we were little kids, did not know how to read. Did not know read. A lot of them did not know how to write. Do you think that had they had that simple life skill of like it's not simple but basic life skill? Do you think reading and writing? would help people to be in better situations or do they not know how to read and write because they chose the path? Like, what do you think about that? Well, well, for, well for me, it, it was hard because my first language was Spanish. It was, yeah. My mom taught me how to read and write in Spanish. So when oh. we would go to church, it was all in Spanish. So you weren't Ill illiterate. No, no. And then so when, when I when I went and, and I started going to school in, in California, it, it was hard for me because like, I couldn't, my vowels, like yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't capture the English as well. Right. And and my sister did very well, but huh. I, I was struggling. And and you know we had issues at home uh, yeah. that, as well. You know my my sister was was, was being molested. Oh. Well, my mom was my, my mom was married to a, an evil man, and so you know I think all of that kind of like swayed for me to focus on what I had to do at school because at that point we were like, like worried about way more yeah intense things that were going on it's kind of hard to yeah you like i want to do good in school when you're worried about what's happening at home yeah. i mean i think this is like M mom's a very beat up. Yeah, yeah that's like a very chronic disease that happens to yeah. kids that are going through this kind of stuff yeah i remember my mom used to come pick me up and she had black eyes mm. you know so she would have to wear sunglasses you when know I and, and i was embarrassed because i'm like who wants to get picked up with Mom having black eyes, you know? Well, yeah, that's how the brain of, like, a child thinks, of course. Um, and then now you look back and you think, no, I wasn't embarrassed of you. I was embarrassed for you. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I mean, reality is you weren't embarrassed of your mom. You're embarrassed that your mom had black eyes. Yeah, the situation. You know, and, and, like, why is she going through this? Mm -hmm. And then now I'm going through it, too. Yeah. Yeah. And probably there was a sense of helplessness, I'm assuming, because yeah, well, you sister, can't really, like, control an adult man when you're a teenager. Not, not, not even that, a boy. Yeah. I mean, because he, he was out of the household by maybe when I, when I, was, when I was done with, with elementary. So and when Oh, I started, yeah, this so, was very early. Yeah, so when I started middle school, I think that's when I, I kind of associated more with, with my friends and it was more with the lifestyle. That's yeah. a lot of trauma to process for a young kid. Yeah. And then... You know what that does and what I've learned about it, it's like it makes your hardwiring different, mm -hmm. you know, and the way that you process and think through things. It's like you just learn it on your own. Like you weren't taught the skill set, the coping, like the stuff that you would learn. Um, maybe if mom could not be distracted by being, you know, assaulted, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. some life skills that I'm sure it was something she wanted you to know. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard to teach those lessons when you're still going through those kind of traumas yourself. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, and then we had, to, we had to switch schools because we were worried about him trying to, you know, physically assault us and, you know, continue to, to hurt us. And, and 
Where does so, this guy live now? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's another topic. That's another conversation. <laughs> different podcast. Yeah, different, different podcast. podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. So I, I think a lot of that because, you know, I, I became very violent uh, mm. after that because I felt like I was so young. I couldn't defend my mother. Yeah. I couldn't defend my sister. You know, um, you know, I, I was being bullied at school. Yeah. You know, so I, I think I, I was I triggered to to sort of violence because I had to defend myself. I wanted to defend my family. I didn't want to defend my mother, my sister, make sure nothing like that happened ever again Gave to any have, of my family members, you know. And also, like, it gives you a sense of having control, right? Mm -hmm. Like, in an area where you don't have any control, you can be angry. Mm -hmm. And you can have control through anger. I know it sounds crazy, but I, I've... Fortunately, this is um, a phenomenon. I think a lot of kids go through that because they're at lack of control. So sometimes it comes out in the form of eating disorders, substance abuse, mm -hmm. anger disorders, because your body and your mind, it's just trying to process. How can you have a voice? Yes, yes absolutely. And, 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 you know, so I think once I went through the system and, and you know, with, with the juvenile, like I said, I, I didn't know how, how to read really. And then, so I, that's why I think I'm, I'm grateful for, being incarcerated because if I never went to jail, I never would have learned how to read. Yeah. Because oh, you were in a program for yeah, reading. And no, I, I was not. <laughs> because the juvenile hall system doesn't really care as you think they so do. So you taught yourself to read. Yes. Like so, I would go to the library, pick books, and and because you know I, I like fantasy books, like you know, so I would I picked up. You know, fantasy books like and tr trilogy books. It's, it's called like the Forging of the Sword. I remember the book. It was a, it was a three book series. And Are you a Game of Thrones fan? Yes, Game <laughs> of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. you know, Harry, I like the Harry Potter. I was just yeah, gonna say yeah, all like of the, that. Kind yeah, of stuff. I like the fantasy. You know, so I, that that's how I learned. I, I taught myself how to read. Wow. Um, so I would I would be in my cell and I would read out loud to, to myself. And if I was lucky enough to have a cellie. Then I would read, you know, to, to you know out loud, and he would listen. But wow. I did it to help my vocabulary, to, to able to speak and and, and and read really. And wow. and and luckily, when I went to to CYA, um, I was lucky enough to get my my high school diploma in awesome. in, in in jail in, in California's <laughs> yeah. authority. Uh, so I never went to prom. Didn't have a homecoming, um, mm. all, all that because I was incarcerated. Um, and for my graduation. Um, our teacher, one of the teachers there, gave us a uh, a burrito, a carne salad burrito. So for from a high school diploma, uh, all I got was uh, a, a carne burrito. salad burrito. That was your big that graduation. Was, that party. was my graduation party. It was I think three or four of us that graduated, and oh. so we we were we were. Uh, yeah, we were eating carne salad, and for us, we were loving it. I was gonna say, probably in that time, though, that was a gift. Oh hell yeah, you know, because like, when was the last time you had like really <laughs> yummy, like tasty food that yeah. had flavor to it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so we, we, I, I finished, and uh, so what would happen with with my situation? My mother and my sister had moved to Arizona. Okay, I was still, I was still incarcerated, and uh, my sister had got a, a job out out here. And this was back in, in uh, 99, maybe, okay. you know, to 2000. And so the housing market back then was, you know, like you're buying houses at 70, 80, yeah. 90,000. So they were smart. They're like, let's blow this pop stand and yeah. go to Arizona. Yeah, let's, okay. leave, let's leave California, let's go to Arizona. And so they sent a letter to uh, my the parole board. 
I had to go to the parole board. Mm. And they were like, hey, you know what? We got a letter from your, your mother. She stated that they would love for you to move to Arizona. Um, they, they feel that it would be a better fit for you, uh, mm. you know, and, and it'll get you away from that California environment. Yeah. And of course, I was like, "Heck no! I, I'm not leaving California." You're still in the of it, yeah. Like, and not even that. Like, I was like, "No, like it's you know, it's, what am I going to do in Arizona?" Right? Right. So, so start uh, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, so then, then the parole board was like, well, "Look, Mr. Garcia, if you decide to stay and not go to Arizona, you still have two years of your sentence. So you're going to stay here and complete your two years because you you graduated high school." And and during that time they had like a college program you kind of like go to like a pre like get pre, an associate's degree kind right, of thing type, yeah. type of thing so so um, so they're like we'll, we'll keep you here for that and or if not you'll be released and we'll fly you to Arizona in two months three months time oh that's kind of a hard deal to say no to right I was uh, like uh you know stay two more years or or, or fly or to Arizona freedom. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so what's crazy is that that uh, I was in handcuffs. They took me out and they drove me to the airport in, in California in handcuffs. And and obviously they, they took off the handcuffs and I was there, uh, you know, and, and uh, I, not because they wanted to be nice to you, though. They didn't yeah. want to scare other people. Right. Let's be realistic. Yeah. Here. <laughs> yeah. So, so they walked me up to the airport and I jump on the plane and I flew to Arizona and at uh, Phoenix uh, International and. Uh, well, that was a free man. And they gave me a month or so to check in. Um, and and I, I did. I checked in. And one of the conditions that, that I could not go to California for, for two years, mm. um, which which was fine. Yeah. I um, mean, at this, day, at this stage of my life, you know, I was 19 going on 20, you know. Uh, no, I was actually 20 already. Um, I was 20 years old. And, You're and, still uh, a baby. Yeah. So I, I came out. And, um, you know, with different mindset at this point, you know, I wanted to go to college. Um, I knew I didn't did not want that lifestyle mm. of being incarcerated, that that gang lifestyle. And I, and I need to make a change, you know. Wow. Um, so when I when I moved out here, I, I went to college. Um, I, I got my associate's degree. Where did you go to college at? Collins College in Tempe. OK. So I have an associate in computer networking. Awesome. Yeah, I, I knew computers were going to be the future. Uh, I knew I wanted to be involved or. I didn't want to be blind yeah, to yeah. not knowing what the computer What was the computer yeah, world like? Yeah, you knew, what, what, you knew. what it did, what was the process, what was the program, what was the oh. upload. You know, I knew the computers were, were the future, so I got an associate's in, 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 huh. in computer networking. Uh, my first job in Arizona was, was at Walmart. Uh, so shout out to Walmart. <laughs> um, so I, I did Walmart for about a year. Okay. Um, and and during that time, I, I ended up uh, getting a, a job offer at Wells Fargo. And I was like, okay, with my background, there's no way in hell I'm going to be working at the bank. There's no so way. So what did you learn about that? Did you have a financial fraud in your in your time when you were in trouble? Did you ever? Come? No, it was nothing ever. It, my it was, Everything was always assault. In my case, yeah. uh, you know, it, there was nothing with people's personal information. Did you have uh, adult felonies or only juvenile felonies? They were all juvenile fel felonies, and and so what the way the way it's all in the wording, right? So like in the applications, they tell you, have you ever been convicted of a felony? Yeah. Well, because I was a juvenile and I was in California, it would be expunged. No, anyway. we're adjudicated because oh. we're juveniles. 
So, oh. so you, you've been adjudicated of a felony. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, so now some of the applications now they ask you: Have you been adjudicated of a felony, or have you ever convicted of a felony? Mm. So, 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 so because I was I was never convicted. I was a juvenile. It was it was I was it was called adjudication or something like that. Sure, sure. I yeah, understand yeah. exactly what that word. Means. Yeah. So, so then, so then, technically, I can answer the question: No, because I was never convicted. I was adjudicated of a felony. Were you able to expunge that from your record, or are you able to? I think I can now. I, I really haven't. I mean, it's been so long. I mean, I'm, I'm 40 years old now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, we're talking about when I was 14, 15. Yeah. You know, long, it was a very long time ago. Um, so most of the times, like, you know, people don't ask or yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't pull up anymore. Yeah. But, but at that time, you know, I was like, you know, I, I just got out. I, I only worked at Walmart for a year. You know, um, and and I, I really didn't think I would I would get the job. And a buddy of mine was like, "No, just just apply, just see what happens. Try it out. Just try it out." And yeah, thank God. I, you know, uh, I was trying to, I worked at Wells Fargo for as a teller. That's awesome. Yeah, right. And 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 who would thought like you know? And here's a guy that didn't know how to read. Now now got his high school diploma, going to college. You know, got a job as a teller. You know, and 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 I I swear like, Wells Fargo I think gave me a, a lot of great training. I mean, it's a world class. That's what they're known for. I have a question about that. What did it feel like the first day that you put on clothing to be a banker and you walked into your job? Terrified. Really? I, I was terrified. I was waiting to be let go. So I was, you had I, the imposter syndrome. Going I, I, on. I don't know what that is. <laughs> like where you don't think that. Um, so the imposter syndrome, from what I understand, it's like, yes, you've made it and you're doing it. But you yourself feel as though you're an imposter. Yeah, yeah. Like it, you don't actually belong, or like they're gonna find is, out is that you don't belong. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Oh, yes, very. Yeah. Because you know, I was waiting. I mean, I passed my background, did everything, but I'm just like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a felon. I just came out from doing so many years. Like, yeah. You know, like, and 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 they never did. So I think my my first year, my first six months was was very I was I was always on eggshells. I was always yeah. like, you know, they're gonna come, they're gonna come get me. They're gonna say, Hey, you don't belong here. You know, your your background showed up, we got your, your records from California. Yeah. Um and, and they did uh. it. And and I, I I you know, went from a teller to uh, a merchant teller, from a from from a merchant teller to a banker. Nice. Then from a banker, then I did business banking. Wow. And then as a business banker, um, I ended up getting promoted to a mortgage lender. So then I ran three branches for Wells Fargo. I don't know any of this about your story. Yeah, That's yeah. freaking awesome. Yeah, so I ran, I became a, a lender with Wells Fargo, and then I ran three locations in the West Valley. Wow. So, so, I mean, it was huge, and I was still young. I was still in my early, mid to I was going to say, that's a lot to accomplish. Yeah. You know, wow. I, I think I was, I was uh, just eager to learn and, and, and ready to make a difference in my life. Like in my mid-20s, I was like, hmm. <laughs> I wasn't running any branches of any banks. Yeah. You know, and I already had like my college degree at that point. And so for the previous experience to get to that point, it's amazing. Thank you. But I also want to recognize that you probably truly, as much as it was negative, to go through that, you probably really did learn some very unique skill sets that other people that have not been through your personal situation 
may not have access to learning those skill sets. And, and you're right, because people, the biggest question people ask me, like, Victor, how do you get along with so many people? Like, why do you, how do people, like, you're able to talk to anybody. Like, and, and, and the truth is. You have I, to get along with a lot of people in small space. Yes. Yeah. Be, being incarcerated, you're dealing with so many individuals with so many mental health issues. Yes. And, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, you, you learn how to talk. You learn how to understand. You, you learn how to listen. And, diffuse. And diffuse. Yes. Yeah. And situations very fast and and get um, yourself out of situations like that. So and, and if that's helps me in marketing and, and advertisement and going out and knocking on people's doors and. You know, some people are, are happy to see you. Some people are not, and it's okay. <laughs> you know, it's, who's not happy to see Victor? <laughs> you know, so give me their phone numbers. I'll let them know what they're missing out on. Right? <laughs> you know, yeah. That 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 was uh, yeah that that was big training. Big that's helped me. What a great training field, although difficult. <laughs> it's difficult, very. It's just like those unique. So this is kind of like the point of this whole podcast, right? Is that in the darkest things, there's light. Yes. You know, and so your aha moment happened very early for you. you and it still it happens. Well, it I still hope happens. so. And yes. we're going to talk about that in a second because yeah. I want to talk about what you've accomplished. Thank you. Um, but your aha moment happened very early for you in the sense of you made the decision that you weren't going to continue to live this kind of life. Yes. And because you made that decision, whether it was out of the maturity that you'd gained from having had the hard experience or just that you were like, crap, I don't want to ever, ever live like this again. Mm-hmm. Whatever that moment was for you, you really ran with it. And there's a lot of people that want to run with it, but they don't believe they can. So they may have the aha moment, but they don't take that next step. And, and, and I think what helped me was really like what my mother and my daughter, my sister did, take me out of that, that environment. Yeah, because, absolutely. Because I think they're, they're absolutely right. I think if I would have went back, you know, temptation. You well, know, that's you, all you know. Like when you go to the old neighborhood, you see the old friends. Yeah. And yeah. then they're like, you care for them because they were your family support. Mm-hmm. They were your built family. Mm-hmm. So even if you know that what they're asking you to do isn't the right thing, there's probably somewhere in the brain that's like, well, this is my family. They wouldn't, we have to do this. Mm-hmm. Or this is like, yeah. I owe this to them. Mm-hmm. Or uh, in order to keep up our, um, I mean, gangs are like businesses mm-hmm. and you have to have money coming in. Mm-hmm. So in order for the business to continue, X, Y, and Z things happen mm-hmm. for a greater good. Yeah. I mean, I know that's probably really like, glossy way to talk about it <laughs> glossy way I like, like that I a like very that. glossy prettied up version <laughs> yeah, of it yeah. but it's like to think about that in terms of what's really happening you know and where you can relate it to why do people go back to that um i was just talking about this i actually have to look up the statistic but the last time i read something recidivism especially with youth offenders i mean it's like 95 percent go back Mm -hmm. and then when they do like interviews about this number one thing is they go back to the old neighborhood Mm -hmm. and so your mom and your sister gave you an incredible gift of life really and look at what you're doing a second opportunity (laughs) yeah yeah i mean because because i mean i i regret not going to a prom i i I wish i would and 
with the homecoming. You know, those are the things that I can never get back ever. Do you make those things really special for your girls? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yes. For my, my sons and my daughters, like any type of special high school event, like, and I tell them, like, hey, I didn't get to go through this, so let's, let's do this. Let's get the limo. Let's, 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 let's you know, wild out. Let's, no let's, wonder let's they love you so much. No wonder. You're like the fun, cool dad, huh? Uh, sometimes. Most of the sometimes, time. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. But you mean business here. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure I'm strict. Because no you doubt. have good kids. Thank you. Thank they're you. They're really good kids, and yeah. they're doing things for themselves. Yes, yeah, they are. Are well adjusted. So yes. you're offering them well, we'll, we'll a behave. different, yeah. Yes, yes. we'll be. But that doesn't only come from being a cool dad. Because if you're only a cool dad, they, the well-behaved part doesn't <laughs> just foster itself, right? Right, right. So you were at Wells Fargo. Yeah, so I was at Wells Fargo. I did. Uh, you I was, learned a lot about business. Learned a lot about business because when I was a business banker, you know, you have to do the sole proprietors, the LLC, yeah. the corporations. You yeah. open up those accounts. You, you, I learned a lot. and. Being as, as a lender, I learned what what rates were, you know, what 30-year fix, what the FHA is, conventional. And, and, you know, then running three locations, you learn how to manage, to talk, to to get along with people, help them build themselves. Because at that point, you're building a team. I was going to say you've got growth. clients to manage you and got you clients, have people, you got like, people. internally to manage yeah. as well. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I wish I would have stuck with Wells Fargo, but um, I was, you know, hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, I was climbing the ladder very fast uh, and yeah. they wouldn't uh, allow, I wanted to be a branch manager and they, they said yes, but they wanted me to hold on because they felt that I was still young. Well, they wanted you to have more training. Yes. And, yeah. and, you know, and of course, no, like, no. Yeah, no, I'm running, I'm running three branches. What are you talking about? Like I'm your top producer and yeah. within the district and I'm, these are the numbers I'm bringing in and, and you know, and I don't and, think you were completely wrong for thinking that. Well, well, I, I can see both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now that I'm older, they were right. <laughs> they were right. Okay. They were right. Now that I'm a little older, I think they were, they were right. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, so I, I left, I ended up leaving and I ended up going with, with Chase. Oh, uh, you know, so I became a branch manager with with Chase Bank. So I, hey, I you got that dream. I, you yeah. got that dream. You know, I was like, okay, I want this is what I want to be. And, you know, I, I was there, and then uh, I was there, geez, maybe a year and a half. Uh, you know, and making good money, uh, and and uh, but obviously things started going on the home front. I had started having issues at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, started going through a separation. That makes it really hard to continue to advance a career when you're yeah. going through that. And, and then I, I felt I was making more money as a lender than I was as a branch manager. So then I was like, yeah. So I'm, now you're going to go back into lending. Yeah, I went back okay. into lending. Okay. Went back into lending. And uh, so then the economy crashed. Was it 2008, 2009? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The you know, glory years. The glory, yeah. So <laughs> the housing market flipped. Um you know, uh, I started went from averaging several loans to averaging no loans. Yeah. The market's upside down. The equity's upside down. The properties people were just giving their homes away. Foreclosures are going like crazy. That was a tough time. Yes, it and, really and, was. And at this time, I was living in 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 the town of Buckeye, and um, a new State Farm agent had just opened up oh, in Buckeye. Okay. So so I, I went from. Like, you know, being a lender and being in the bank to, you know what, let's jump ship. I got my licenses for insurance. And so I got now I have, you know, my personal PNC license, yeah. my life and health license. I took those. I have those under my belt now, too. 
and you know, I started working for for a state farm. Did you ever get or have you since gotten your like six and sixty three for variable products? I have not. No, I have not. <laughs> not. It's a hard task. Yes, it it's is. It's a really hard task. I've taken it, actually. Yeah, and I have, I not have passed. <laughs> I, I didn't Twice. pass. Yeah, I didn't pass. And it. I don't have a security license, so <laughs> no. I get it. Okay, yeah. I get it. Yeah, it was a tough one. Yeah, That's a hard one. Yeah. It is. So, so I, I went and I started working at, at uh, State Farm. Um, then I was with State Farm for, jeez, uh, six years, eight Seven years. Oh, you were there a while. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I worked with, I had very good mentors. We had a lot, I learned a lot through, yeah. through State Farm and their education programs and the, and the people I really worked with, the, you know, they, they, sh- they showed me a lot, um, especially when it comes to the uh, insurance industry. Yeah. Um, and, and I ran with it. So then from there. Yeah. You worked for two very well-known organizations for offering like world-class training, getting people up to speed on, like, world-class service. Like, both Wells Fargo and State Farm are mm-hmm. known for those things. Yeah. So, and that's they're, awesome. They're, they're, at some, they're number one in their industries, you know, mm-hmm. what they represent. And, it's true. And they, they, gave, they gave me a, a, lot, of, a lot of training. And, and, yeah. and thank God, you know, because, yeah. I mean, I, I look at every opportunity – even if it's a bad opportunity, you you, you, t- you learn something from it. I was going to say, are there really any bad opportunities? Like, there are opportunities that are not the right opportunities. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I certainly can understand. Like, sometimes you're like, I don't know if that really should be called an opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> but let's go with it. Right. So I, I understand. So, okay, so you're at State Farm. Now you know how to be a loan officer. Mm-hmm. Now you know how to insure a home and a vehicle and mm-hmm. are you doing life and health also? Doing life and health. So you're making sure people could build legacies. Correct. And, and, and that's very powerful. Like when you go into a funeral home uh, and you have a check. Yeah. Like it's, it's I mean, my, my, when I paid out my first life insurance policy, it was an eye opener. Like, and, and, it, 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 and it, 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 it's a strange feeling because... Well, because it's really hard to have the initial conversation. I actually, for a very short period of time, had those licenses as well. Okay, okay. And I remember, and I really believed in life insurance, I, I and I still do. But people don't really like to talk about their mortality. And it's like one of those conversations that... You're like, okay, like we gotta talk about it. We're all going there. Yeah. yeah. Death <laughs> and taxes. Yeah. They're for sure. Yeah. So what was it <laughs> like? Death, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what was it like? I'm sure that person when you were able to give the um the life insurance check to them, you're probably really happy that you I don't want to say pushed them to have the conversation, but it, that it, you had it with them. It, they, they were. It, it, you know, it's, it's sad that, in, in our, you know, in my culture, in our community, uh, you know, the Latinos always like, oh, no, why am I going to get life insurance? That's going to be for the Sancho, the Sancha. That's going to be, <laughs> it, it, you know, oh, why am I going to leave her with money when, you know, we've been broke together, you know? Right. She needs to continue mm-hmm. being broke, you know? And, and, and it's sad to say that they don't think about the legacy of their family, their, their future. And, and, yeah, like you know? what about the kids? Like yeah. Who pays the mortgage yeah. when you're the sole provider? Yeah. What happened with a nice truck that you were making payments yeah. on? Who's going to continue making those payments? You know? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so when I was having the conversation, they were like very pushy. No, 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 no. And and they did something, a, a simple term policy. And, 
you know, sad to say, it, you know, it, it, the, you know, they, they passed away. Exercise yeah. it, yeah. yeah they, they, they passed away, um, and and they were very grateful, for, you know, that that I was I was able to convince them to to get the policy, um, and you know, when you walk in there, and they, you don't have to worry about. No funeral expenses, no no additional cost. And, oh yeah, because you really don't want to be mourning, and mm-hmm. then also trying to figure out how to honor your loved one. Yeah, like yeah. that's a real. Uh, and yeah. unfortunately, I'm sure that this has happened where you've had a friend's parent or somebody you know they've passed away, and the family doesn't get to make the choice. They have to choose the least expensive thing, which is typically cremation. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that's not even what their wishes are, mm-hmm. but they, that's what they can afford. And so they're trying to grieve and trying to honor their family member. And those things are not really a great combination, not. you no. know? And so to take that off somebody's shoulders is huge. Oh yeah. You walk in there and, and everybody's like, who's that guy? He's the insurance guy. He's the one with the check. He's paying for the event, you know. And, for the event. You know. The celebration. The of celebration. Life, right? <laughs> We're so used to sponsoring events. It's so funny. So I want to, um, I'm going to switch gears here with you a little yeah. bit. And not completely, but um, so you know my husband. Yeah. Right? I do. So one thing you should know about Isaac is that he literally cannot remember anybody's name. He knows nobody's name. Like sometimes even people are like really good friends with. He's like, yeah, that girl. I'm like, you're talking about one of my best friends here, man. She has a name. So it's she's, so, she's been around the house for ten years. Yeah, yeah, like you've met her 800 times. Like, how do you not know the name? And so um, it's just something he doesn't really remember names, but he remembers things about people. Mm-hmm. And so if I were to say to Isaac, hey, I'm gonna go like I'm interviewing Victor today. Like, if I say that, which actually I did say that yesterday, he's like, Victor, I'm like Dreamer. So in our house, you're called Dreamer, oh, okay. FYI. Okay. <laughs> we don't even call you Victor anymore. Oh, okay. It's just called Dreamer. Or what about Dreamer? So, um, but we developed that mm-hmm. because you shared with us, I mean, there's an importance and there's a reason yeah. why we call you that. So I want you to tell a little bit about that. Um, well... <laughs> you know, jeez, uh, good, jeez. How do I even start with this one? Um, well, you had a dream. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, it's growing up. You know, when I, when I made when I found out that that's not the life I wanted. Yeah. You know, that's that's not the life I wanted to continue, um, especially for my mother. You know, she, yeah. she's she's done so much. She's been through so much. You know, she even helped you today. Yeah, she helped. She today. loves me. She yeah, she, she loves you. And, you know, so, so, you know, I, after going through what I've been through and the experiences that I've been through, you know, I, I decided, you know, well, just, that's, well, why don't I, be, you know, create my own dream and, and, and open up my own insurance brokerage. And did you do it? I do. I did. I, and what's your insurance company called? Uh, Dreamers Insurance. <laughs> Give your number. Yeah. Six, How do two, people three, find you? 231 1617. Say What's your website? Uh, not up yet. We don't have that website yet. It's, oh, okay. It's, I'm still working on the website. Work in progress. Work in progress. Uh, I just opened up my brokerage in February of this year. Uh, so after all uh, State Farm, I went to Allstate and it was Allstate for some years and decided to go with my dream. You know, and, you know, a lot of people 
that, that are in my situation, you know, we get stuck in a career. We get stuck in, in, in places where, you know, we, we stop growing. Yeah. And that's where I felt I was at, you know, and I wanted to continue to grow. I, I, I knew I wanted to continue to help my community. I wanted to yeah. help help the people that, that, that are being, they're getting, you know, getting shady deals out there. Well, that and like, I mean, this is an unfortunate across the board issue, but there's been a lot of studies on this. Latinos are very underserved in the areas of like financial services, home buying, education, financial literacy. Like those are really important things for people who work very hard and are very cash heavy, like Mm -hmm. for sure. And then what? What's next? So it's great that you're making a move in the community that you serve to help them better be prepared, insured, and have their legacy go yeah. on. You know, I, I, I have to give back. Yeah. I mean, it's not that, that people are like, oh, I want to give back. It's, it's I have to. You know, it, it's, it's I have to. I mean, right now, you know, I, I reached out to El Consulado Mexicano. Oh, yeah. So, so hopefully here soon I'll be uh, one of the representatives at, at the consulate and about education, you know, educating. So what does that mean? Like, what will you be doing at the consulate? Uh, like, how will you be help- helping? A great question. So I'll I'll be hosting a class on on what homeowners insurance is, what it represents, uh, why do they need homeowners insurance, mm. um, and then and then thank thank God because I am a broker and I have so many options. I can actually help people that don't have say a U.S. license here. Mm. Maybe they're here on vacation, they're here on a visa, but they're driving. Sure. You know, so now I'm going to be able to provide insurance for them and help them make sure that not only they stay protected, but everybody else on the road stays protected. Right. Like all the parties. They are the parties. Yeah. You know? and, and sometimes when people come from different countries, they don't understand or maybe they don't require insurance. Sure. There. And in Arizona, it's, it's, it's law. It's law. <laughs> it's law. And you can't get away from it. You can't. You know, people, they'll take your vehicle. They'll impound it for 30 days now. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it's sad, but our people don't know that. Right. You know, and who who's going to tell them that, you know, and, and you. if they listen to a commercial, you're you know, going to tell I'm going to tell them that. <laughs> and, and, and thank God that, you know, the consulate has reached out and, and they're willing to, to give me time and, and set up a booth there so and, cool. and to help and, and talk and, and educate, really, you know, and and my people, you know, I give love back that. So you started your own business. I did. And I remember when you and I were you, you had shared that you really wanted to do that. And I was like, dude, you should absolutely, yes, everybody loves you, Victor. You should have your own business. I mean, truly, like you can literally talk to anybody, anybody. I've seen it um, like a lot of times, (laughs) (laughs) a lot. But but my kid's like, dad, you don't shut up, dad. You just keep going and keep going. I was like, because people want to talk to me. They want to. You've never (laughs) met a stranger. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. That's an incredibly important skill set that not everybody has and you should be really proud of it. Um, but I remember you telling me that and, you know, I love to hear dreams and I never, um, in my head, there's no timeline on it cause it's, it's not my dream. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of in the background rooting for you. Thank you. You know? And then when I, so I was rooting for you. I was like, God, oh, this is so cool. And my husband and I had talked about it. You had shared your story with us and, um, and we were like, dang, like, he has to do that. And I remember Isaac checking in with me, like, 
about every 30 days. He's like, did Dreamer get the dream job going? Did he get, you know, he would just say funny things. And I'd be like, let me call him. Like, let me check in. And I remember when you, I think you posted your logo and you don't know this, but you posted your logo and I, um, or maybe I got your business card. It was something like that. And I, I came home and I'm like, Isaac, look. And I showed what either it was a graphic or the video or the business card. And he's like, hell yeah. He's like, hell yeah, I'm so proud of him. And so we root for you, you know, thank you, and thank we're you. really, really, it's not easy to start a business. It's not. I mean, actually the act of starting a business, like getting an LLC and these kinds of things, it's actually not that hard. That That's the easy part. I think it's the emotional part. It's the emotional part. You know, it's the am, next am step part. Am I part. doing it right? Am I yeah. saying the right thing? Is it the logo looks good? Is Are people going to receive gonna, you well? Yeah. Are people going to reach out to me? Are people going to, yeah. you know, and, and thank God, like my, my kid, because of my work ethic, people have been 100% supportive, you know, and, and including you, Heather. Thank you for your support here. <laughs> but like it's it's you know, I, I've gotten so much positive feedback and, and, and you know, it's it just speaks volumes of, of my my job of, you know, people appreciating what I do for them and, and and how I go to I mean, I go to signings, I go to closings, I go to titles, I go everywhere, you know, you support where, you know, people, huh? yeah, I, I go and I go to houses, you know, most people are working nine to five. So. They don't have time to go to an office. They don't have time to sit on the phone with me and go over their insurance analysis. I was just going to say, for like the life insurance conversations, that's a lot of times that's happening after six. Yes. that's that's I'm going to their houses, drinking coffee with some sweet bread, you know, and comadreando about what's going <laughs> on. You know what I'm saying? We're chit-chatting and, and having a conversation. And, you know, then thank God because of my background, I can relate to a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I, I can sit there and talk to them. And, and because I've paid out life policies now, you know, I, I really can, like tell the story yeah, of a testimonial. I, I believe, or, yeah. yeah, I believe well, in what I do. I mean, if you don't believe in what you do, you're really no better than a snake oil salesman. That's right. You know, and the reality is, is I know you believe in what you do and I see it. And I see your passion. Um, so I have one question for you. Yeah. If you could talk to little dreamer okay like if you could go back to like age 14 okay okay with what you know now what's the one single most important advice you would have given to your younger self that's a curveball it is that is a good question wow if i had to talk to myself and at 14 yeah what would you share with yourself Jesus. Good question. Good question. Mm. Um, appreciate mother for sure. You know, appreciate mom. And then I think focus on, on my education. You know, yeah. I, I think if, if I had a teacher of a counselor that helped me back then, um, with, with the issues I had, you know, my daddy issues, my mama issues, my sister, yeah. going what she was going through, you know, somebody kind of like, you know, mentor me, I guess. I, I, you would have told yourself to seek a mentor. Yeah, seek a mentor and, and, and focus on, on, on really reading and education. Uh, you know, I, I, I drain that a lot in my children, yeah. you know, and, and, and communication. You know, because I didn't know how to communicate, you know, maybe, maybe I could have been that difference. I could have mm -hmm. made, made the difference earlier if I would have been like, hey, I need help. Yeah. 
you know, and, and there was a lot of warning signs. I mean, I went to a lot of a lot of counselors, yeah. and, and and during that, and they, they I mean, they didn't even know I didn't, I didn't know how to read. You know, say so. I think mm. it it was really, kind of like falling through the crack, man. Yeah, I don't know how else to say that, yeah. but yeah. well. You're definitely not in the cracks today. I know. No, I try not to be. <laughs> You've got beautiful, beautiful children all doing well. Yes. You're a business owner. Yes. Um, when you shared your story with me, I was very surprised. Like, not from a stance of like I would have been judgy, but you're just very well spoken. You're polished. I would not have assumed that you had lived that life um, previously. And so... You're a great example of a person I want on this podcast because there is definitely somebody out there. They may not be a youth. They may be in their 20s, even 30s that are caught in the judicial judicial system or they're just caught in a rut or Mm -hmm. like maybe they're not going to jail, but they are, you know, not living on their dream. They're not living their dream, but they're not also living on like the clean side of the law, right? Like they're Mm -hmm. just kind of floating in the gray area. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that happens because they just literally don't know how to do anything else. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully what you shared today might help somebody, you know, like help them know that they could make a different decision. And they can't, you know, but it's all believing in oneself. You know, if, if I didn't, if I didn't tell myself, this is not what I want, I need to change, then it wouldn't have happened. But self-talk, it, but self-talk mindset mindset you know and, yeah. and and sometimes you know i had to push a lot of people away uh yeah, you know a, you, you you have to get focused and realize that certain people are, are a distraction you know it's overwhelming when i talk to high producing high functioning people how often i hear yes i know a lot of people and i associate with a lot of people but my circle is very small yes and i think that as people experience life you have to make your circle smaller at times because the more influence you have from so many people you sometimes don't know which one is the negative which one is lifting you up and then as you discern those things at least this happened for me my criteria for who's in my inner circle became very very defined Mm-hmm. Like you have to be a good person. You have yeah. to be an honest person. Your word has got to be your bond. Mm-hmm. If those things don't exist and I see that you don't treat people well or you're a dishonest person, I'm not going to talk badly about you. I'm not going to tell you that I think you should make a change for yourself. I'm going to disengage Yeah. because you want to know what, who wants to have the negativity the positivity is what changes communities. Mm-hmm. It's what changes families, and it's what changes lives. Yes. So, and, and, and it's hard because sometimes you love those people that are being negative. Sure. You know, sometimes those people are your own family members. Absolutely. You know, or doubting you, or like, oh yeah, sure. You're, you know, like, how are you going to open up a business? What do you know about running a business? What do you, you know? And, and it's it's their own fears yeah. talking, though. It has actually nothing to do with no. you. And, it's and, what they're afraid of. Yeah, and oh, yeah, just prove them wrong. You know, believe in yourself and focus. Yes. And and is it scary? Yes. Do you doubt yourself? Yes. You know, do do Does it happen doubtful moments, maybe sometimes more than once a day? A lot, yeah. (laughs) No, and then not only that, you know, there's times where, you know, there's financial situations. Maybe I didn't budget correctly. Now now I'm short staffed. You know, I don't, you know, I'm doing this. I didn't do that correctly. Now 
oh my God, I'm going to pay for this, you know, and you have no other source of income besides your business. You got to flip something. So what do you got to, yeah. So, so it's, all of that comes in, into play. And, and luckily for me, you know, I, I've, I've been blessed with, with a you know, strong support system with my mother and, and my sister, um, you know, and, and, and you got and, a pretty good brain up there too. That's helped you. <laughs> sometimes when I focus, but really my, my children have been, you know, I, I have six kids. That's your motivation. I have three boys and three girls, you know, uh, and and they keep me on check. They keep me on more keep than they. Line. Oh yeah, more than they really they realize. They they yeah they really do. You know, my daughters are very supportive when they, when they were with, with the business and everything. And you know, I got them training and I've got them doing certain modules now. And I, you know, <laughs> I love it. You know, hey, prop them cheap, for like hey, the cheap family labor, business. cheap labor. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's another topic, but I did hear a whole thing about like, basically, you can employ your own child. Yeah, you totally can. Yeah. and I think the laws are like slightly different with that. So, check that out. Yeah. Um. Well, I have to tell you, I'm so very thankful that you were able to be here today. Thank you. For Thank having you me. for opening up. This is not um, like I think I said in the beginning. It's not always easy to like expose ourselves and like be vulnerable, be authentic. Um, but I think there's more of us out there than we realize. I think so too. You know, and I think if we just bring some awareness to like, everybody kind of has a story and everybody's story helps shape where they're going next, right? Mm -hmm. Like it helps it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the one person who drives your destiny is you. That's right. And, and when you... And, and so you went through an incredible metamorphosis and you're still doing that. Mm -hmm. You're still reinventing yourself. And That's so true. I hope that something that people would take away from today with you is to not ever stop dreaming and never yeah. stop growing. And that's the real reason of my brand. You know, yeah. you never give up on your dreams. You know, yeah. you know, even when you purchase a home, you know, that's, you don't buy a house to buy a house. You buy it because you're dreaming of buying a house. Yes. You, when you get a car, you dream about that first car. So you know? true. And, and and so that's the real focus behind behind my my, my business. You know, it's it's yeah. I'm there to protect your dreams. Yeah. You know, just like Absolutely. I'm there to protect mine and make mine happen. I have to give something back to me, my community and make sure I can protect yours as well. I love it. Never stop dreaming, guys. Never stop dreaming. Guys. Yeah. So thank you so much um, for those that are tuning in today. Um, it's an honor and a pleasure to have a great audience. And remember. Um, please share our podcast. The whole point of this is to reach somebody that just needs to hear this message today. And um, the best way to do that is to share this information. Um, I will always have a link on my Facebook page that you can go in and you can click. Um, I will have a YouTube channel so you could actually view um, this video there and and you can basically hear us on any podcast um, distributor, podcast listener. So um, thank you. Everybody have a productive, amazing week. And always remember, if you need something, you need a friend, you want to chat, you can always reach out. And of course, I'm always looking for amazing, wonderful guests that have a story to share that they think could maybe help somebody onto their next level of life. So thank you. Have a great day and we'll see you soon. My words come from my soul. Control of one's own path is a destiny that a man must choose. And just be